Welcome to Horns Up. And yes, today we are playing Metal or Not. Although it's not playing as because it's not really a game, but I don't know. Is it a game, Peter? Have we made this a game? See, it could have been a good drinking game, but then, <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, some people are going to be really fucking sober at the end of that game. <laughs> yeah, that's the voice of none other than Ravi Balakrishnan, one of my dearest friends and old work colleagues, ex-colleagues, actually. Yep. What's up, Ravi? How are you doing in Singapore? Oh, I'm doing all right. We've been locked down for a couple of months, but hey, there are worse places you can be locked down. So I'm I'm glad we finally had this circuit breaker to get you down because of on this episode, because I think you're one of the few people who've been mentioned the most number of times on this podcast without actually being on the podcast. Yeah, I think if you have a podcast where you mention people for dickish behavior, I would tend to show up. So (laughs) for those of you who don't know who Ravi is, Ravi better known by his uh, what were your various IDs, man? I remember Malsum. Well, there was Malsum. Uh, I Trollkin. think the RSJ forum. Tolkien, yes. Tolkien. And uh, I think there was Crudo Crudo. Yeah. Uh, Didn't you also nobody... write at some point for the KVLT site also? Oh, yeah, of course. All of us were writing for the KVLT <laughs> site. Yeah. You know. I, yeah, I the good that. old days when we didn't need podcasts to voice our opinions. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You know what? I preferred this. I mean, I've gotten so freaking lazy. I can't be bothered with reading anymore. I'm like, yeah, fail. Say uh, it to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, uh, that's Ravi for you. And of course, we are going to now begin Metal or Not. Uh, just a quick uh, point about how we are doing this this time. We've done three editions of this in the past. And uh, we've kind of never had like actual criteria as such we started it off with very set rules but then it just kind of dissolved into absolutely bone crushing opinions and so this time we again thought we'll bring back some sort of rules or criteria just to help uh, you know the discussion so we are going to be talking about bands and analyzing whether they're metal or not based on their music uh, their image and what is one of the most Indian ways to describe any musical performance, especially live music, which is the essential, the quintessential feel. <laughs> yeah, this, this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, Peter's got uh, the bands chosen. Uh, both Ravi and I at the moment don't know what we are in for. Peter, take the stage, man. Let's do this. Let's begin Metal or Not. All right. So here goes our first pick. And uh, this is a band I think we've discussed on the podcast in many ways. But and it's a huge debate. So I'm really curious to know where both of you lie on this. Uh, And I think let's give our guest Ravi the chance to go ahead. Linkin Park. Oh, (laughs) goddamn. Well, beepers are going off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but why now? I don't know. See, uh, Linkin Park is metal the way Bon Jovi are metal, which is not metal at all. Uh, You know, (laughs) what Linkin Park did, and I I was genuinely surprised at the 
outpouring of grief when Chester died. I mean, of course, um, you know, there's uh, no accounting for taste and all that. But I always thought Linkin Park was did for angst and for, you know, feelings of resentment and stuff like that. What Trickster or Bang Tango did for love, you know, just made it the most banal freaking thing to sing about. And, you know, it was also obvious and, well, but obviously I, I think I was a lot older, so it didn't hit me that way. And for people who are a lot younger than me, it meant a lot, but definitely not metal, not by, you know, even the most generous definitions of metal. Okay, so neither in terms of music, nor image, nor in terms no, of No, they were basically a hip hop uh, band with, you know, a few sing-along sections. And, uh, you know, even the music was very non-metal. Okay, mm. basically, what, what band do you consider a benchmark of metal? Holy fuck. Uh, now you're switching on, that thing. Yeah. We've, I've got four more. So we, this is going to be a while. <laughs> all right. This all is right. warm up. <laughs> okay. So, so you're definitely saying it's on a metal band. Oh, absolutely. No. Uh, okay. I think cool. uh, also, I think they just kept getting further and further away from it. I mean, I do not claim any kind of uh, familiarity, extensive familiarity with their discography. I think I've heard mainly the hybrid theory stuff. And then I heard the song that uh, uh, the poor guy got booed for just a few months before his death, which all things considered must have been a pretty shitty thing to happen. They were playing at Hellfest. And I think they were headlining Hellfest. And what? Linkin Park headlined Hellfest? Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people were pissed off with the bare fact of Linkin Park headlining Hellfest. And then they started playing this song called Heavy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially about this guy's uh, struggles with depression and which uh-huh. like most of their discography was not heavy at all uh, and you know you had people starting to boo them and you had Chester making these very aggressive hard gestures at the audience and stuff like that and you know what actually that's that's a song I don't mind but I don't mind it the way I don't mind I don't know that uh, uh, the song by the girl band on the beach soundtrack. It's a nice pop song. You know, you hear it, you like it. But yeah, not a fan and definitely not metal. Mm. What about you, Animesh? Do you think they're metal? No, man, I don't I don't think they're metal at all. Are they uh, pop rock? Yes, they were always a pop rock band, which I think the music industry chose to usher in uh, the late 90s for some reason, which is why we got this whole rap rock rap metal uh entire thing that that is still called new metal for some reason um which which by the way is now coming back <laughs> and i was like what <laughs> oh yeah it's cyclical right yeah yeah it is, know, it's it kind is. of like okay but but itself in the i think late 2000s so so uh and and this is where the difference in age comes comes into uh becomes a talking point as such because when Linkin Park was, when, when that first video in the end had released, uh, I distinctly remember it became a talking point in my acquaintances circle uh, because none of my friends at that time were listening to metal or rock or anything of that sort. We were just getting into or we were almost uh, developing uh, our taste for English music as such a, a lot, right? So 
going beyond just what we see on channel v and mtv at that time yeah. trying to discover those worlds but um it it had a lot of intensity maybe uh there was a lot of anger and frustration which definitely coincided with a lot of our age groups so which is why it kind of um like it, was, it, it yeah it, it struck a chord but just adding distorted guitars and screaming a little bit does not make a band metal and even though some of the songs uh i'd spent a lot of time listening to uh no linkin park was never a metal band they were a pop pop rock act at best peter what do you think so i still distinctly remember the video you're talking about because uh, there was the channel i think mcm which was like a french channel and this time i lived in abu dhabi and it was like one of those late night you just uh, flipping through channels and that song came on and this was the time and i'm sure both of you going to laugh where you'd have like the band name and the song name just come for like two few seconds in the start in the end so i i think i was flipping through channels and then suddenly it just hits you and you're like this guy is really screaming and okay what is this i've never heard of this band <laughs> what's going on and so like i'm waiting with like my pen and paper like okay the last few seconds are coming in and i'm like okay linkin park and i still remember like for me and this is like i think with most metalheads right when you discover a band you're all excited and you're like oh my god this is like so cool and stuff over the next like as cool as i thought linkin park were when that song came out mm. over the next year i hated them more than i hated <laughs> anything else because every kid because by like a year prior to that i had kind of got into metal and uh, animation i have talked about it ravi's going to like cringe his face but it was the band uh, linkin uh, sorry uh, limp biscuit that i kind of got in through metal too right so after them i hear a band like linkin park but here's the thing everyone now was like dude i'm metal just because i listened to linkin park and i think like this it's, was also this was also the time of msn messenger where people would put up the lyrics and shit like oh, that yeah. oh that's the status yeah the, yeah, status, the status or the song and oh stuff oh my god the number of times i've i've read uh, the lyrics of numb yeah. as somebody's status is insane yeah but yeah. i mean i mean like but it became an easy easy kind of talking oh, yeah. point for everyone like like if if and that's the thing between like hybrid theory and meteora right so in those 3 years they became so huge everybody was into metal i remember the girl i was dating back then she uh, her brother lived in texas so she's like you know what my brother went and saw linkin park and i was like oh wow so cool but in those 3 years that the albums released right i got more and more progressively into more extreme metal black metal death metal like by the time meteora came out it's like yeah sorry man and then i completely lost track of them till like thousand suns i think and they had like when i heard that song that they released i can't even remember the name the single i was like who the hell are these guys <laughs> and of course when you're talking about heavy i remember all the hate that they got Uh, yeah that was unaccountable wasn't it because you know yeah. i didn't I, think it was a deviation from uh their discography all that much but then of course the disclaimers i'm not familiar with their discography yeah. and but of course who can forget like the sort of song that the band that did in the end it doesn't even matter would come up with 
<laughs> I love that. <laughs> but well know, done. Another thing I forgot, and uh, for me that was also crazy, is uh, when they did that whole collaboration album with Jay Z. With Jay Z, yeah. Yeah, I was like, what the I hell? Was like, like water has found its level. Lo and behold, <laughs> I always knew this was hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, man, and they became so huge. Like it, it became like that band that you know you enjoyed to now it's like everyone and a lot of people i if i go back and ask them who used to say that oh yeah we're metal we listen to linkin park probably don't even listen to metal they probably listen to gully rap or whatever right now yeah so, which is the natural progression when you start off listening to linkin park you know after yeah, that actually. you get into real stuff like i don't know mc share or was there only a character in that film i'm no friend <laughs> <laughs> okay but, okay cool so linkin park definitely not a metal band but oh yeah let let, let me add this let me add this uh question here because i think it's a question that needs to be answered uh is it a band that metalheads could like possibly possibly i mean yeah. i know a lot of uh, people who otherwise have what i think fairly good taste in music who do like that that uh, you know album and it's kind of like what you hear uh when you're just growing up right like i yeah. think uh, nolan spoke about how a def leppard takes him back to when he was 10 years old i'm sure linkin park has that exact same effect on a whole bunch of people and they've reached a stage where they can't be objective about it and frankly why should they yeah. no like i Fantastic. remember like i went and uh, revisited uh, both hybrid theory and meter recently and i was just like oh no why they, do you do these things to yourself for the same i mean <laughs> it, it's just like one of those things right and I, i i think this was the time where of course i forgot to add it went from you know a band that i saw on tv and liked to someone buying the cd and then everyone in my class like 20 others all having a cdr copy of it and playing it and then discussing it so yeah that that that's the kind so of band so you so so even at that age peter you always wanted to be the hipster yeah <laughs> peter was cult as hell so <laughs> the thing is right when you when, when you when you, when you hear all those songs you think that yeah he's writing this song this is about my emotions and you realize like 20 other guys this is like when they have a breakup this is a song that they're going to sing and all yeah exactly that's that's the point of a strength to make in the sense that uh, you know uh, the what we were sold to by the so called grunge movement was that you know uh, the so called uh, hair metal bands it made everything superficial and cheesy which is actually speaking uh, you know that argument doesn't really hold water a lot of them were writing good lyrics but you know the image kind of overpowered that yeah but uh, the sense that you got is that you know grunge and the movements that kind of came in its way and i put linkin park as a part of all of that was the sentire being in uh, connection with a more raw emotional side of your personality and it being okay to say you were not feeling fine 100% of the time if you ask me it went from that to you know this complete woe is me kind of uh, stick uh, which uh, struck me when i heard it as very superficial but you know like i said uh, there's a whole bunch of people for whom that was probably the first time they'd heard those yeah. feelings being articulated and so you know i don't grudge them or their fans 
their love for the band at all. Yeah. But image wise, I would say like there was no way they had like that stereotypical or what you know is it, they all basically. They were I mean, a boy they, band, dude. Yeah, Come yeah on. they were a boy band. It's exactly. They were and they had a DJ who, in there who wore like yeah. a backward cap and also. They, they didn't even, <laughs> and he yeah. kept, he kept bubbling stuff between songs, right? Like this guy'd be like, and that guy'd be like, blah 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 blah. <laughs> Yeah, so Linkin Park definitely not metal, but yeah. yeah, if you're into them, that's cool. That's absolutely fine. Okay, now 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 it's interesting that you called me hipster because this band has been called hipster black metal, uh, and I want you to go oh, first. You know okay, what I'm I talking already know about, about this. <laughs> so just take it away. I don't know which band. Yeah. No, so this band is Death Haven. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Death Heaven. I keep calling it. <laughs> Deaf Haven for some reason. I guess that's just because I don't know. Maybe, maybe the heaven is not supposed to be deaf, man. You're all supposed to be listening to us. Okay, but wait. All jokes apart, this band is metal, but it's not black metal. And I think the larger question over here is uh, whether the band should be even deemed a black metal band or not. It's not a black metal band. It's a contemporary take on what is the sound of black metal. Okay, you can call it black gaze, you can call it shoe gaze, you can call it post metal, you can call it alternative. But uh, Death Haven, Death Heaven is not a black metal band. However, it remains a metal band. You've got fantastic riffs. You've got some impeccable drumming. You've got decentish vocals. And overall, the song structures and everything—they're not—they're not purely alternative. They're not purely pop. They're not purely uh, post-rock. Even they've got an amalgamation of all like metal elements into it as well. And I think they do a fairly good job of being uh, an alternative metal band. So yeah, that's my take on Death Heaven. It's not black metal, definitely. <laughs> But they are a metal band. But but I, I'll get in. A, I'll get around to like the image and uh, feel as well. Image wise, okay. I'll give I'll give that. Image wise, they don't look like a metal band. Uh, they don't behave like a metal band as such. Even in their gigs, etc. Whatever videos I've seen of it, it seems like uh, hipster guys having a violent fit or trying to trying their best to uh, impersonate the Dillinger Escape Plan but uh, absolutely failing to do so and Skrillex haircuts and everything don't contribute really to a metal vibe. Their album covers don't look fully metal, definitely. But I think when you look at music and when you look at feel and you combine them, that oh, that kind of uh, takes takes over or is gives more emphasis. Uh, there's more emphasis on music and feel rather than image and hence Death Heaven is a metal band. They're not a black metal band. And I will keep standing by that. Uh, well, uh, actually, uh, you know, to uh, read my uh, fresh off the uh, plate impressions of Death Heaven, which I uh, ranted about on Facebook, which I tend to about most things that I get upset about. Uh, they struck me as an uh, indie rock parody of black metal uh, with weak deviant art poetry type lyrics. We'll get to the lyrics in a bit. Uh, very poppy melodies and uh, inexplicable given the rest of the music vocals and 
you know, uh, again, for all I know, these are guys who are absolutely serious about this and are completely committed to their art and bleed for their music, etc., etc. But what it sounds like to me are a bunch of uh, fairly cynical hipsters who decided to make music for indie fans looking for something slightly more muscular. And, you know, and for the lapsed metal fans who've uh, kind of found that a lot of the bands that they grew up on are incompatible with their now more uh, progressive and virtue signaling approach to life and who keep hand-wringing about how intolerant, fascist and problematic metal is, which means most legit black metal is kind of off the table as far as you're concerned. <laughs> and, you know, uh, so you have this music which is kind of bland and androgynous and offensive and I suppose that's pretty much what the uh, you know lapsed metal fans are kind of aspiring to. Also when it comes right down to the melodies I found I was able to sing The City of Blinding Lights by U2, In These Arms by Bon Jovi and Friday I'm In Love by The Cure to parts of both Sunbather and Reef House. You know I could very very clearly see parts where I could sing along and yeah. it wouldn't really sound you know. Um, yeah. Incongruous. And yeah, so getting down to the lyrics, lyrics definitely not metal. I held my breath and drove through a maze of wealthy houses and I watched how green the trees were and I watched how green the trees were and I watched the steep walkways and the white fences. I mean, come on. This is, you know, uh, like I said, deviant art poetry. This is definitely not metal. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination. You lay on a towel in a grass that exceeded the height of your legs. I mean, seriously? Uh, crippled by the cushion, I sank into the sheets. <laughs> now, now you're making me feel glad that I did dwell into their lyrics, honestly. <laughs> it's 5 a.m. and my heart flourishes at each passing moment. Dude, I knew 17-year-old girls back in the day who wrote stuff like this on DeviantArt. Of course, you're now, uh, I think, uh, what, what, what will it be? Maybe early 30s girls who, like, you know, I think are hastily scrubbing all traces of their previous digital existence, but... You know, or or you know, they could all just be the the next uh, legion of fans Lucy for Rose. your next hot singer songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Did I say that? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, so so Ravi, you clearly think that this that, that, that this is not a metal band. Yeah, I think it's an old rock band uh, with uh, you know, um, and I. I mean, I'm glad you like this band and, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's good to <laughs> like things in, in general. But, you know, uh, we were talking about a few bands that were uh, like that are not metal, but that metal fans will like, right? Nah. So this is a band that's kind of opposite that, you know. <laughs> So, so you're falling, you're falling into that territory of basically saying this is metal for people who don't like metal. Yeah, exactly. Like for instance, just if, because it's heavy. If you're a person who, you know, if the heaviest thing up until this stage in your life had been Zombie by Cranberries, 
this is your next step in your progression and evolution. It's like, all right. You know, I mean, badass as zombie was, I've now stepped up to death heaven. Tell me. <laughs> Peter? So, you know, it, it, I, I like how kind of Ravi talked about uh, how this band can kind of be, in a way, a gateway band. And I think, you know, in the last decade, uh, Deaf Haven, Heaven, however you want to call them, have kind of triggered that whole debate about, you know, this whole shoegaze sound. You remember in the early 2000s or late 90s, you had Duke keyboards fit into black metal. That that whole discussion, mm. all the people discussing that are now discussing that do shoegaze sound is uh, Deaf Haven black metal. But mm. you know what? what? One of the things, uh, if you see about the band, right? They absolutely don't care. I mean, like Sunbather was an album in 2015 when it released. I think everyone, whether you were a metal fan or not, was listening to that album. And for me, in a way, that's great. But, you know, personally, I didn't like New Bermuda too much. But again, uh, for those of you who've been listening for a while, uh, their last album, which was... uh, Ordinary Corrupt Human Love. Yeah, Ordinary Corrupt Human Love was one of Animesh's favorite albums of 2018. So, yeah, there's a reason why it fit on uh, uh, the list over there. But, uh, you know, I I, I feel that just having listened to most of their discography uh, a bit, unfortunately, or fortunately for me, not getting too much into their lyrics because uh, I don't know if I would continue listening to them. If I, I always get into the lyrics. I mean, you know, I'm quite obsessive about the lyrics. <laughs> and uh, I'm going a bit off course here, but, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, so-called hair metal bands were actually writing some pretty deep, depressing and uh, scary lyrics. Like, for instance, you know, uh, all of this strikes you only after you start paying attention. And most of the time you think, yeah, yeah, it's some love sex party uh, shit. So, you know, um, yeah. you kind of almost erect a sort of wall between yourself and the music because you assume it's, you know, bubblegummy and silly and stuff like mm. that. But the Faster Pussycat have the song called Crying Shame, which is essentially about, you know, one of the uh, guys who killed another teenager claiming to be under the influence of Satan, which if you ask me is a pretty metal lyrical theme. Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, Poison have the Valley of Lost Souls, which isn't, as I'd imagined, a celebration of rock and roll decadence, but about a kid running away from home. And, you know, I mean, so what I'm saying is the lyrics are important to me. So, yeah, but whereas this stuff is the mountain goats, uh, though the mountain goats are better lyricists, uh, but this stuff is, you know, the standard indie oh, I was feeling sad and then I looked at you and you're beautiful and now I'm sinking into the grass and I'm feeling sad and life's hopeless. But then, you know, the sun shined and I smiled kind of stuff. On your point about lyrics, on your point about lyrics, let me go back to some to uh, yeah. a piece of wisdom as such, a pearl of wisdom that Sahil, uh, the demon stealer Makita, dropped on us when we recorded the first Metal or Not. Uh, he he said, and this completely changed my mind about viewing lyrics itself in isolation. A band, especially metal bands, when it's when sound is as equal to lyrics as such, um, you can talk about anything. Like a grindcore band can literally just take out the phone book 
and start reading of names and it will still sound okay and then uh, people who discover what they're actually talking about will you know either have a laugh about it or will interpret it in whatever manner they want to so so yeah that that just goes uh like i'm just adding that bullet yeah. point over there about, about you can interpret lyrics however the fucking hell you want to no you can't there are good lyrics and there are bad lyrics there is <laughs> essentially a, a fundamental difference between uh, say something that i don't know uh, bob dylan i can't stand his voice but he's a good lyricist uh yeah. a fundamental difference between something that bob dylan wrote and uh, you know uh unskinny bob it blows me away <laughs> you know this okay you ought to have fundamental ability to kind of parse the value to human life or literature or whatever that one adds and the other doesn't yep i'm not so i'm not debating whether it's good lyrics or yeah, bad lyrics so, uh, okay i'm debating what to, the uh, these aren't lyrics i fundamentally find great huh. and these lyrics i agree are, they are they are good lyrics Yeah and these lyrics are not really I mean like uh, let's take you know if you were to take a representative sample of metal lyrics these really really don't make the cut there either okay cool all right all right okay uh, i just have one one last question as such over here uh, sure which is coming back to the sound aspect of it right do you think ravi and this is directed towards you first and peter feel free to weigh in do you think bands like uh, russian circles isis pelican allsist pelican exactly all of these um even though they are they are largely instrumental except for allsist would you consider them to be metal i don't consider allsist metal in fact i ranted about them a lot after i saw them live i couldn't believe how horrible they were uh uh russian circles definitely in the entire post metal space uh, cuz you know there's a kind of bone crunching heaviness to some of their uh, stuff which is not there in the case of uh, from what little i heard of death heaven and all says uh for instance i have one of their albums which one is it uh, fuck of garden uh, but you know uh damn now i'm going to be obsessive until i figure out which album it is that i have sorry i also Alsist I really don't like I think Alsist are very uh, very much in the same space as uh, you know same space as Def Heaven yeah yeah okay. I get that okay so yeah. let, let let me let me throw a curveball and this is just because uh, uh, the new uh, like it, it was brought up in a discussion that Peter and I were having a couple of days back would you consider present era cynic metal no Ah. What? They stopped being metal after Focus. They lost Focus. <laughs> <laughs> so that means even, even everything like after Trace that, Air, even things like Trace the Air or uh, Carbon Dust, like Atheny, those, those aren't metal. I, I I don't I didn't like that album. I mean, I I had kind of uh, you know I was like practically first off the late to hear it because I really liked Focus and. I really liked a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the supplementary bands that a lot of the people in Cynic had been in. I absolutely loved Guardian Knot. I absolutely loved uh, Agora. Amazing bands. Def, uh, Agora definitely metal. And uh, 
I just wasn't prepared for how underpowered uh, the post Reformation cynic was. Mm-hmm. So you know, and I think they kind of got away from even the so-called trappings of the metal sound with each subsequent album. So yeah. maybe the first one that they did after they reunited was that Raised in Air. I think that was yeah. probably the closest to metal they got after Reformation. And then, uh, you know, every time they drop a new single, I'd like check it out. And the guitar work would be great. I mean, lovely solos and stuff. But, you know, man doesn't love by solos alone. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so largely, just to sum up this point, Peter, you're saying that heaven is metal, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Thank I've kind of, I've, I've kind of considered them for the longest time. But okay. Uh, so, unfortunately, Ravi, because it's uh, two against one at the moment, Deaf Heaven continues to be a metal band, and let's just agree to disagree on that. Yes, you should put a poll up with this. I'd be really keen to see. That that <laughs> I'd love. I, yeah. I'm also very curious to see the response we get. Yeah. Cool. I think the nation will be on my side. <laughs> <laughs> see, the thing is, we'll put it up on Twitter, and all the old school Bangalore guys are not on Twitter. <laughs> well, except Sri Ram. <laughs> uh, Sri Ram is hardly an old school Bangalore guy anymore. You know, he's kind of uh, been, um, I think, colonized by the new school Bangalore guy ideas. So he's not the Sri Ram we knew and loved. I mean, he's still the Sri Ram we love, but he's not the Sri Ram we knew. <laughs> now, now this, now this is now that we've warmed up with this. I think now's the fun really going to start. Okay. Uh, and I think I'm going to deflect this to you, uh, uh, Ravi. In flames. Uh-huh. In Flames. Ooh. Uh, again, that's a band I just absolutely cannot stand. Uh, I think uh, the first, I think when I first got them, it was on one of these massive, uh, you know, metal dumps that were really popular around that time where people would wander around with huge stacks of CDs and just throw everything onto your hard drive. And I think their first few albums were in, were definitely in the melodic death metal uh, space. Mm. But that genre was one which I had very, very little patience with. Uh, you know, if my, my entire point was if it's something that's going to sound like this, I want actual singing for it to be interesting for me and not, you know. <laughs> uh, so that put me off. The guitar leads weren't particularly great. And at that point of time, I was at peak guitar nerdery. So, you know, that didn't help either. And then I think over time, they got more and more commercial and more and more uh, uh, Linkin Parky, at least in terms of imagery. You know, they were very, very clearly making a play for the Linkin Park uh, demographic. And it was kind of like, you know, if Linkin Park was your 10th standard, your 12th standard was going to be in flames. And, you know, it was a slightly more intimidating name than Lincoln Park, which isn't intimidating at all. And, you know, you had slightly edgier fonts and stuff like that. And they were massively popular. I mean, uh, I remember seeing them play uh, the main stage at With Full Force. And, you know, that was one of the times when you could actually... Uh, go to the loose and take a crap because A, there'd be no lines <laughs> and B, it was an appropriate thing to do. 
Anumesh, yeah. you want to take that? Okay, so I'm going to be absolutely brutally honest about this. I've never heard an Inflames album. Uh, I think I've lasted two or three singles. Um, the most, the most, uh, the only story I have about Inflames is actually a comment that I read on Invisible Oranges uh, when Cosmo Lee was still the editor of that lovely site. Um, there was an article about uh, interaction with crowds or something of that sort. And I remember the comment being about this guy who was, who, who was a huge uh, Inflames fan because of what they were in the first couple of albums, which I'm told were metal albums or could be considered as metal albums. And then he went for an Inflames gig and he, uh, in the later era of Inflames, and he absolutely <laughs> lost his mind that uh, and he was like furiously angry about the fact that Inflames was playing this kind of music. And so he started heckling the vocalist throughout the set. And finally, towards the end, the vocalist gave in and played one of their metal tracks as such and kind of redeemed himself in the fans' eyes. While that is a lovely yeah. story to read. Um, so they kind of building, I'm going to call bullshit on that one because, you know, it's not, these songs need to be rehearsed, right? <laughs> it's not like. <laughs> hey, come on. Even if, even if it is a bullshit story at that point in time, uh, it makes for a fantastic, it makes for a fantastic gig experience story to read. And, but, but even then, even then, right, here's the way I would look at it, especially with reference to what we are doing here as to whether it's metal or not. The yeah. guy had to heckle the front man for over during the entire set list to finally play a metal song. Yeah, but so, you know, it's not like heckling Zameer Jagutha or something like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, In flames keep flames. <laughs> Tell you what, my my decision on this is I've been told that they are a metal band. They may not be a metal metal band, but uh because I've never heard them as such, I I think I'll like yeah. Popular opinion dictates that I should go with them being a metal band, but I'm I'm I don't know. I think I should withdraw my uh, pick as such from this one. See, I think and they I, definitely started off as a metal band, and yeah. I think they're now uh, you know some kind of a popular hard rock band, which is its own genre. But definitely not metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like that to me. It seems like that would be the ideal place for it. What about you, Peter? What do you think? So I think all the way up to 2000, uh, Clayman, the album that they released, they were metal. And I mean, uh, there's a cool story of how uh, they swapped vocalists with uh, Dark Tranquility. Their lead, lead vocalist, right? Anders. He and uh, Michael from uh, Dark Tranquility were in... Michael was originally in In Flames. He swapped. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, so I, I probably have got most of the albums similar to Ravi. Like it was just given to me that, hey, you know, this is melodic death metal. And I was like, all right, cool. Uh, fast forward. And this is where the fun comes is uh, when they released the album uh, Come Clarity. This is where they had got this famous artist and I want to get his name correct because they had a pretty cool uh, artwork for it. Derek Haynes, I think. So they had a pretty cool uh, artwork and stuff like that. And back then I lived in Toronto, Canada. So 
at the HMV uh, store there, whenever any band kind of came through, uh, they would do a signing and all. So I still remember buying, it was like winter, getting into winter, buying the CD, trying to open in the cold, uh, the CD wrapper, waiting to meet them, get my CD signed. And I was like, oh my God, I just met in flames and stuff like that. And then I heard the album and I was like, wait, this is not Do I really like- want to meet them? <laughs> no, I, like it was cool for me to meet them, right? But then when I heard the album, I was like, this is kind of different like this is not the Mm. same uh, what I remember hearing those early albums fast Mm. forward uh, less than a year later they played Dubai Desert Rock and this is I think the error that the comment uh, odd invisible oranges uh, did so they played an early set at uh, Desert Rock by then they were a proper boy band they all wore like uniform kind of outfits, uh, cookie cutter kind of thing. They had their whole uh, uh, stage show going and stuff. And somewhere in the middle, they play their most popular track, which is only for the week. But okay. most, I'm just looking up their uh, set list from Desert Talk. It was just mainly like greatest hits because of course, you know, how many times are you going to play a place like uh, Dubai? Uh, but I don't know, man. Like for me, there was that huge disappointment and each album that they released post that, it's got worse and worse to the extent that the album that they released last year, I think I heard the single and I was like, that's it. Like, I'm giving up on them. Like, they've progressively got poppier and poppier. And at some point, you're just like, why? Why? It's one of those bands where you question, like, why the hell just put out new music? Why don't you just like play all now start doing like, you know, 20 year anniversary, 25 year anniversary and just yeah, but give up. Uh, you know, do you think the people who uh, listen to their albums, assuming there are people, I mean, <laughs> no, there are people who listen to their albums, but do you think th- those are guys who feel, wow, I mean, check it out. And Flames was this band that went burr, 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 uh, back in the day. And, you know, now they're putting out all of these cool albums that I can dance to and chill out with my girlfriend to. And, you know, my dog doesn't run out of the room when I start playing. So I don't know. No, no, I don't so, know. Okay, so <laughs> I, I don't. I'm saying like th- those are the people who'd probably just you know they'll still probably go for these concerts because okay, it's been 20 years. Oh my god, like that nostalgia thing. I don't yeah. think anyone cares for their late n- new releases. They're just trying to get. I don't know who actually is listening to it. Probably yeah, like asking. A, I mean, that's actually a good subject for maybe one of your next podcasts. Uh, is there a point to in bands? No, is there a point to bands putting out new material? Because yeah. mm. at what point do you cut off and say, okay, you know what? The wells run dry. Now we're just going to do greatest hits and we have enough of those. That's a brilliant idea. And we love for you to come back uh, oh, when fuck, we yeah. eventually get around <laughs> doing that. Okay. But, but okay. So, so, so while, 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 uh, while this was happening, I took the opportunity to quickly browse through Inflame albums because I wanted to check out their album artwork. And I remember seeing them seeing some of them at least in uh, Ad Rhythm House and stuff in the heavy metal section. Um, their earlier logos, their earlier artwork is very metal, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah in terms uh, of artwork. Yeah, like but in, then, in the entire metal, uh, I mean, the melodic death metal thing, right? So it's yeah, yeah. not too dissimilar from, say, Dark Tranquility and uh, At The Gates. Uh, yeah, I found yeah. both of those bands highly overrated too. But yeah, well, but oh, it shouldn't yes. come. Amen. Amen. Which one? Amen. Both. Which one? 
at the gates Stop as well. Tranquility and at the gates. Uh, really boring music. Yeah, both so, of them. It shouldn't come in as a, as a surprise to you that both, uh, I mean, I think, I can't remember which one. It was Reroute to Remain or Soundtrack to Escape was like their new metal albums. Again, 2002 and 2004. So these guys like literally went through the phases. But what I was going to say is the only people I think who listen to them now are like asking Alexandria fans or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but uh, yeah, so coming back to that artwork after album number... I don't know what is this now. One, two, three, four, five, six. What's the name? Uh, re, uh, yeah, reroute to remain, or actually yeah. even Clayman. No, Clayman had uh, Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, which yeah. looks okay, but uh, their logo itself becomes not a metal logo as such from album number three onwards, and then after reroute to remain, everything just looks like an indie record. Yeah, yeah, dude. Sound. I. What surprised me, right? And this is the thing. It's like I remember. Uh, I don't know which company they had a tie-up with or which label they were in, but their Hello. album in 2011, yeah. "Sounds of a Playground Fading." You could actually buy it in India, and it was available for like three, four hundred, whatever. You didn't have to pay those import things. So I think I ended up buying that, and it was just like, why, why? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so, I also noticed, I'm just checking on uh, BNR Metal, and literally no one from the original lineup is still with the band. Wow. So it's almost like a corporation, you know, Inflames Incorporated, that uh, now produces whatever the hell it produces. And uh, who knows what the original guys feel about this? I mean, a few of them are obviously along for the ride, at least part of the way through the transition, but now literally none of them are in the band anymore. Yeah. Okay, so safe to say that all of us agree that Inflames is not a metal band. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. That was okay. pleasing. <laughs> yeah. That was pleasing. Yes. Now, now this this one I'm throwing in your direction, animation. Okay. Nine inch nails. Oh fuck, I love oh. that. <laughs> yeah, no, a fantastic band. Uh don't get me wrong, I love the music too. Um I don't know. I would I would I would think of them as um I don't, I don't view them as metal as such, but is there music, uh, uh, music that metalheads like? Definitely, because it's heavy. Uh, it's in the same vein as what we are hearing now as synthwave, right? Uh, it's music that metalheads like because it contains the same similar amount of um, song structuring. It, it has that same amount of intensity, aggression, uh, same amount of uh, musicality as such and the technicality that makes metal metal all of those things roll into it yes it is but um, as far as image and as far as image goes okay yes I can give it to them they do they can be considered a metal band even as far as their artwork goes and the way they behave on stage etc but I think it's the feel part of it which overpowers image and music for me for a band like Nine Inch, Nine Inch Nails, because I don't feel metal while listening to a Nine Inch, Nine Inch Nails album. It's like uh, many people may argue that Prodigy are a metal band or a metal act or a thing, but no, Prodigy is not a metal act. They are an electronic rock act. And the same way, Nine Inch Nails is an electronic or industrial rock act. It's not a metal act. Ravi? Yeah, same here. Great band, but absolutely not metal. And I think, again, they've uh, kind of become less and less 
metal, not that they were metal in any conventional sense of the term, but uh, I'll say they're so-called metal, if you want to, you know, what of a better way of putting it. Albums were, I think, the debut right up to The Fragile. I think yeah. after The Fragile, with uh, with Teeth and all of the albums that came afterwards, by that time, I think uh, Trent Reznor had just gained such a huge profile outside of you know the music that he was making because of all of the composing work he was doing and mm. uh, you know so now he's more of a general musician than a rock musician you know he's almost like this kind of elder statesman guy and I think a lot of the people who listen to his soundtracks now uh, you know maybe a little put off if they go back to something like a downward spiral and listen to, I don't oh, yeah. know, Closer with its infamous, I want to fuck you like an animal chorus. You know, it'd kind of be like uh, if, I don't know, uh, you had John Williams and then way back, you like dig far back enough into John Williams' past and he did a song called Fuck the Police or something like that, you know. Uh. It's like, okay, that guy did this. That's this disconnect. And uh, I think he still puts out NIN music. I think, I mean, I heard, I think Ghost was the last album yeah. that I he, paid any yeah. degree of attention to. He and just that just it. struck me as more ambient than anything else. And it wasn't even menacingly ambient. It was just ambient in an okayish way. Uh, having said that, The Downward Spiral is one of my all-time favorite albums. Uh, it hit me at the exact right spot. So, you know, I mean, I was a uh, kid who's generally pretty pissed off with the world. And if you're pissed off with the world, The Downward Spiral is a great soundtrack. I agree. Yeah, man. I still I still remember buying that. And uh, it was just something that you, when you listen to it, you just get like so immersed in that album. Yeah, the uh, funny thing about that was Bagdisoud uh, had put out the tape, okay? And uh, so that was a tape that was literally being passed on from person to person in Vashi because nobody could stand the fucking album, you know? <laughs> you're, you're talking like the original, not the, like, making copies, like how people... No, 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 no. Uh, so some fool had actually forked out 45 rupees to buy the tape. And then he was passing it on to his friend saying, ah, this sucks, I don't want to hear it. Wow. And then the friend was passing it on to other to another friend saying, this sucks, I don't want to hear it. So I think I got it from Zomb of oh, wow. Metatix fame. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, this band sucks. You know, I, I, I can't <laughs> get into this music. So I took it home and I played it on a freaking mono Sony uh, two-in-one. Okay. And I was blown up the hell away because, you know, uh, you probably know that it's very, very dense music. Yeah. And, you know, uh, when you have a studio system, it kind of spaces it out a little and makes it less intense and claustrophobic. But on a mono, oh man, it was like someone pouring acid down your throat or something like that. It was just the most intense freaking thing I'd ever heard. And I couldn't make head or tail of what was going on. Uh, for the first song, Mr. Self-Destruct. Yeah. Uh, then there was the next song, which is Peggy, which is completely different. Mm. So yeah, absolutely fantastic album. And, uh, you know, one of my all-time favorites. But yeah, definitely not metal. Yeah. I'd say yeah. that's more industrial rock or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's music that metalheads like. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I need to repeat that. Uh, but I had the exact same feeling uh, Ravi did listening to Downward Spiral. Uh, and then I kind of went all through, I think it was, what is it, Closer. Then I went, and it's surprising how you see the evolution of the band, right? When you listen mm. to Pretty Hate Machine, you're like, okay. And now for anyone who listens to any of the uh, soundtrack work, like uh, I think the most... The biggest one I remember at a certain point. The he social this, network. Yeah, the social network. And uh, which other one that he did? Like, it's so haunting, all the kind of uh, soundtracks uh, that he does. Uh, but we've talked about the music. Image-wise, I think, like, man, uh, compared to most... I think image-wise, of- they've kind of changed. Like, for instance, their early stuff was very shock rock slash metal. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, I think at that time, uh, Trent Reznor and Marilyn Manson were friends. And so I think they fed off that slightly disreputable, slightly dangerous kind of imagery. I mean, I remember uh, uh, one of their videos, I think the video for Hurt shows a dog decomposing. I mean, that's the entire video. And uh, then I think Closer's video had a monkey in some kind of a torture apparatus. Now, if you ask me, that was stuff that was visually even more extreme than the kind of music videos that the extreme metal bands are putting yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Of course, there's an entirely different dynamic at play here because these guys were a band on a major label and had budgets and shit. And of course, none of us knew of that shit at that time. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe obituary would have put monkeys into torture chamber too if they had the money. But, uh, you know, uh, my point is visually and sonically, that was terrifying music for its time yeah and yeah that definitely taps into some of what metal does like for instance if you see mayhem perform it's it's an amazing experience right and it's basically a little scary because you have no idea what you're seeing (laughs) i mean uh, attila does this weird kind of calisthenic dance and he's constantly singing with a skull in his hand and you know (laughs) It's, it's it's a complete different. It's it, yeah. It's it's like literally what they describe as a ritual. Huh? <laughs> so you know, it's kind of like. Uh, so I think even the performances tapped into that slightly nihilistic vibe back in the day, and I think now Trent Reznor is fundamentally a less angry and therefore fundamentally, you know, at least as a musician, a less interesting kind of creator. So, yeah. I mean, I'm glad he worked his way out of that, but. Well, the music sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like one of the most common things, uh, yeah. anyone who's like a Nine Inch Nails fan is like, can, can we get like, uh, can we like trade sober Trent Reznor for anything else? Like just for one album or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But, it's, but uh, on the other hand, it's so selfish, right? I mean, those fans kind of associate trauma with the great yeah. stuff. And you're like, be traumatized again, an artist. I want my fix of good music. <laughs> yeah. All right. So okay. Think... So cool. So unfortunately, Nine Inch Lanes, not a metal band. Yep. Are you bummed <laughs> out by that, Peter? I thought I could sense that you No, were... no. I mean, like, I, to, to, be, to be honest, Nine Inch Lanes, I've never considered like a metal band. Like you said, okay, it's cool. one of those uh, bands metalheads like to listen to. And at this point, I think, I don't know why, but uh, the strangest place I've heard uh, the track, uh, I want to fuck you like an animal is a strip club. 
Why is that the strangest place? Oh, that's a very obvious place. Yeah, that's it. a very obvious place. No, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> in fact, uh, in fact, that was even one of the uh, jokes that uh, uh, Trent Reznor makes in an early interview. I mean, I read this great interview with him in, I think, Guitar Player. And I'm 100% sure all the guitar nerds sent angry letters into the editor <laughs> after that for having Trent Reznor on the cover. But uh, it was either Guitar World or Guitar Player. And over there, uh, in fact, one of these guys said, you know, Closer almost sounds like something you could hear as a, at a nightclub or a strip club. And he's like, yeah, maybe that should be my next album, music that you can strip <laughs> to. <laughs> all right. Um... Let's let's end this one off with the most fun, I think, of all these. And it just came to me, so I knew I had to discuss it with both of you. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to have to hear what you say on this, Ravi. Kiss. Kiss. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the thing about Kiss, right? When you see the band, when you see the band and, you know, you see, so especially some of your early shows, and there's the pyro, and there's the blood. You think the music is going to be something that makes, you know, Black Sabbath sound like Simon and Garfunkel. But then you hear them, and they make Simon and Garfunkel sound like Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> Just this weak sauce, oh, kind of very, very bad hard rock. Occasionally, you know, in a discography of, I don't know, what, 200 songs, there'll be about five that are decent, you know, and I'm not even saying good here. Five songs that are, uh, okay, that's a good song, you know. <laughs> okay. I distinctly remember, I distinctly remember <laughs> you coming into office one day, Ravi, uh, <laughs> listening to Sonic Boom on your music player. And... Yeah. Uh, I asked you, what are you listening to? And you said, well, it's Sonic Boom. And you know what? It's not that bad. I think you should check it out. <laughs> wow. I must have been punking you. Or maybe all the trauma I was undergoing while in storyboard, it scrambled my brains or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, okay, I'm, I was a little unnecessarily harsh. I, I like the Alive album. That's a very, very fun live album to hear. And I think in terms of, uh, I think they're good mainly for the kind of influence they had on other bands that, you know, took a bit of, took elements of the look and took elements of the stage show and built, wrote better music around it. But yeah, I just think that, uh, you know, it was a, very, very good marketing gimmick from Gene Simmons, who's a better marketer than he ever was a musician. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I think uh, basically if Kiss didn't have all of that, they'd have just been another 70s hard rock band, man. We would have heard of them. There'd have been a footnote in music history. And it was only all of that larger than life image and posturing and all of that that even kind of got them to crack through. Otherwise, they'd have been like, I don't know, a second-rate Aerosmith or something like that. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to weigh in here and say that uh, I actually enjoy KISS, but that's because of how American it is. I mean, you couldn't picture KISS to come from any other place other than America because 
the oh, larger yeah, than life yeah. the larger than life stage show uh the the extravagant costumes all the amount of gimmicks as ravi said that went into making kiss kiss is what kiss is known for as far as the music goes it's 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 rock music it's pop rock actually best um yeah it's it's not metal by a long shot in terms of image yes you may just discover them because you think you're looking out for a metal album but uh in terms of artwork uh it may be the demon and all of their various personas um and are they a fun band i'm sure they would be i i really want to watch kiss live once because i think that's the oh, same yeah that stage show has to be experienced by anybody who's just wanting to have a good time or at a stage show or at a concert um but yeah kiss yeah. is not metal man absolutely not uh yeah. and and there's no i mean yes it's a stepping stone for people to get into rock music and possibly through that get into metal and we've certainly heard that uh same thing kind of essayed by a lot of the musicians we've spoken to especially and here and here's what's surprising a lot of the musicians from europe that we've spoken to uh would generally list kiss as one of the first heavy albums or hard rock albums that they heard that they hear um while they're growing up but uh yeah kiss is not a metal band by a long shot definitely not in terms of feel definitely not in terms of music maybe you can call it a metal like it has it has hard rock more than metal as such even in terms of image so yeah not a metal band at all peter peter so, round so, this one off <laughs> so when it comes to image right uh kiss reminds me of the time when uh, i was talking on our first episode about ghost like you see all of this right and i think by then i'd already been exposed to like black metal and stuff like that so you're like oh okay i see where these guys got all the corpse paint this that and all of that and then i still remember i think i probably heard one of their songs that i was like wait i think i got something wrong like am i playing like the wrong band or something like that i have the exact same experience i mean people really? were like oh man you got to hear these hear this band they're like the new blue oyster cult i mean even if god forbid you know the old boy blue oyster cult uh, are completely incapacitated in an accident even if a rick allen happens to all those band members they'll still sound more badass than freaking ghost <laughs> and and here's the thing right kiss is a band that my mom who didn't really like a lot of the hard rock and metal i listened to kiss would be a band i could play for her and she'd also be like oh what's this can you tell me which band is this that, yeah, you know, that's I the mean, kind of band it's a, it's a nice poppy band man i mean yeah. i was made for loving you it's a nice disco song yeah, yeah. that's a you fabulous know, disco song you can't really argue with yeah. that <laughs> But, unholy is a nice metal ish song you can't argue with that either but you know it's just that uh, they're like a delivery mechanism for a wide range of pop music yeah and but the delivery mechanism is this very you know uh, circling around metal kind of thing with the characters and personas and fire breathing and explosions yeah. and stuff like that So so I had a friend in Canada whose first gig ever was Kiss and when oh he was God, eight, yeah. 8 years old his mom took wow. him to that Oh wow he must and, be a fan for life dude yeah. he like he was when I met him this was probably like 20 25 years more after that when he talked about that gig 
like i could see it in his eyes he was reliving it talking about all of that and his i mean after that he was never the same again uh, so to say but uh, yeah man i mean i'd i'd be very curious to know uh, how much money kiss has made off like merch and all of that compared to their music because i think oh there's, there's an actual book on that you might yeah. want to look it up i think it's called kiss and sell okay so you might want to see if you can find it on kindle or something like that there's some yeah. guy who actually did a study on uh, you know how much the merchandising engine uh, yeah. because, make. because because i'm pretty sure people own more kiss merchandise than music probably right just considering the amount of stuff that they yeah, put out yeah but also considering the kind of music they put out <laughs> i'd go with the merch you know i mean <laughs> assuming i was going to go in for a coffin i'd go to kiss coffin because it looks cool but <laughs> would i listen to kiss nah <laughs> I think Kiss is one of those bands now that uh, you know unfortunately no one particular album really stands out so you're better off actually buying a greatest, greatest compilation <laughs> or, or 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 actually go out and uh, get a live because yeah those are that that's actually a fabulous record yeah and It you know when I or the when, when I was in industry no but like what i was talking about earlier right like bands instead of putting out new music just play their old stuff that isn't that pretty much what kiss is doing like yeah and this is not putting unabashedly which is great yeah, yeah which is great and i think there's absolutely like yeah uh, even if they kept putting out new albums or anything of that sort at this point in time a lot of people who would go to a kiss concert would i'm guessing be parents or people who are yeah. yeah who were who were with the band from that point in time and if it can spark that joy that uh, that it managed to spark in your friends yeah. uh, eyes hey i'm 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 all for it kiss definitely needs to exist none of us are i think uh, uh disagreeing on that front but yeah. uh, is kiss a metal band hell no no, <laughs> no yeah <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh can I hijack this program for a little bit and ask you a question instead? Ramstein, metal or not metal? Oh. oh. <laughs> Got you the day. Yes, yes, you did, you did. Okay, uh let uh let me go first, okay? And I have an immediate sure. kind of a reaction to it. I don't view Ramstein as a metal band, but uh and I'll tell you why. Um The only Ramstein I've actually heard and that actually intrigued me was uh when I think the first couple of albums when they really burst onto the scene with songs like Duhast uh, what Duhast and Mother uh, Mutter sorry Mutter yeah. and yeah. Fire Fry right yeah. uh yeah and after that I I like I I keep hearing about all this notoriety that Ramstein kind of has because of its stage shows and because of their music videos etc yeah. but uh, it's fallen those songs were enough to make me realize that this is not a sound that i enjoy and maybe that's also because i don't really enjoy a lot of industrial fueled metal uh, as such so yeah for me the music is not metal enough uh, image yes of course they are metal they're metal as fuck in terms of image overall feel yeah i i i think they would be metal but uh, is the music metal and is it something that i enjoy no peter uh it i i mean it's one of those met, uh 
non-metal acts that metalheads like to listen to. I mean, I think I've heard more, I think Mutter and the other album more. But like for me, at this point, the image has kind of taken over. Like I would definitely go for a Ramstein live show with, with all yeah. the stuff that I've seen, the production and stuff. It's it's out of this world. Yeah. Uh, but would I want to listen to a new Ramstein album? Or would I want to buy one of those extended duplex, whatever box sets that they sell? Not really, man. I mean, I think uh, of, I think Ramstein now has become a band like Behemoth, where it's more about the image rather than the music. Mm-hmm. And but but having said that, uh, I I I do agree that Ramstein can be considered a metal band. Is it a metal band for me? No. That's yeah, the way well, I would put it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually happen to like them a great deal. They're uh, one of my favorite contemporary bands. And what was interesting was I initially lumped them in with the entire new metal lot because, you know, they were around and they were spoken by the same people. We're talking about Korn, we're talking about Limp Bizkit, we're talking about Slipknot. And, really? Uh, uh, yeah, at least. Uh, I never saw them as part of that same. At that, least that, the people that, I knew. I think, I think it had to do with the fact that they were on a lot of the soundtrack albums that were on the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which yeah, Triple X, right? Other, Triple X had Firefly yeah, in it, I think. Yeah, which had these other bands on it or, you know. Uh, so I generally dismissed them entirely. Then for, uh, you know, purely out of randomness, I decided to pick up Rise Rise because it was on sale. And that's, one again, one of my all-time favorite albums. It's a really, really good album. And if, and of course, this takes a lot of work. If you dig up the lyrics in uh, English, a lot of the songs are really, really good. I mean, they're yeah. about average yeah. uh, so, lyricists. I think they have this song called Dalai Lama, uh, which uh, they apparently called Dalai Lama because the Dalai Lama is scared of taking uh, uh, planes. And the song is essentially a reworking of a German folk ballad about, uh, you know, uh, this spirit that essentially steals the life of this uh, little boy away while his father is trying is crossing this foggy kind of field and they kind of transpose that to the spirits of the air and then wow. plane and you know it's there's a good deal of depth to it mm-hmm. and I have actually followed their discography which again is not particularly extensive all the way through and the way I see it they're like as far as the sound goes, they're like a 80s Europop band with very, very heavy distorted guitars. And since I like both those things, the combination works for me just fine. Yeah. So, so wait, I, you didn't answer the question, is Ramstein metal or not? Oh, I, I'd say they're definitely metal. Mm, yeah. Uh, you know, imagery, lyrical subjects, which have a certain degree of, uh, you know, depth and uh, a sort of bizarre mysticism to them. Lots of metallic aspects there. Yeah. So, so it, it's, it was kind of surprising, but one of my first boss, uh, he you, uh, listened to Ramstein. So I remember sitting in his car and he was playing the song for me. And since he understood German, he kind of broke down the song for me. So it was kind of cool. And I think I haven't spent that much time like you have going in through the lyrics and stuff. But I think, yeah, that's where... Possibly they could be considered metal, but I don't know. I think it's everything else, like I said earlier, that kind of overshadows uh, their music at this point. 
Yeah, see, I mean, the way I see it, uh, the song I was talking about, Jalai Lama, would that conceivably be something, uh, a song that, say, an Iron Maiden would write? Definitely. You know, lyrically. Mm. Musically, yeah. of course, it pulls apart. But, you know, it's the same animating spirit, for want of a better word. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay so wait, Peter, you didn't answer the question. Is Ramstein metal or not? I, I did say, no, they're not. To me, they're, they're not. They're not, okay. And I've never seen them as a metal band, really. Ooh, okay. Well, because it's two against one at the moment, they are a metal band. Do, do you have anything <laughs> up your sleeve, Ravi? No, no, nothing. That was the last trick I had up my wow. sleeve. You know, you know, I'm really glad at least you had a good one. Uh, the last time we had Riju, Riju came up with Deep Purple, Deep Purple. and, and ah. he was like, oh, I mean, I don't consider them a metal band. I was like, what is the point? Like, <laughs> were you just trying to like pull a quick He was just one testing the waters, yeah. I guess. But yeah, so that there you have it. That's Metal or Not featuring six bands. Out of the six bands, we only agreed that two of them were actually metal. Uh, one of them being Death Haven and the other one being Ramstein. <laughs> uh, this is wow. going to get us pilloried by all the hardcore metal people, uh, but you know, uh, that's our fate and we'll take it with a smile. Ravi, <laughs> <laughs> thanks a ton for uh, sparing some time out. Oh yeah, thanks for guys. having me guys. Yeah, this, thanks, was, this was really enjoyable and uh, if you guys ever want to be back, I'd be happy to... Uh, oh, we definitely, we definitely yeah, will yeah. take you up on that offer. That's been Metal or Not. Ravi, do you want to plug any social media accounts? For oh, no, not people? at all. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, you want, if you want to read rants. <laughs> yeah. If, you want if you're a pre-existing friend of mine at Facebook, don't tag me on anything. I don't like that shit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, we are at hauntsupport.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter. We are at hauntsupport. I'm at Azwani. And I'm at Trent Crusher. And this was Horns Up. Horns Up, guys. See you guys. <laughs>